12 noon, right on the dot. What's up, Toronto? Wheeler with you. This is Toronto Today, rolling with you till 1 p.m. Then Scotty Mack is back in his regular time slot, 1 to 4, right here on TSN. 1050. Phone lines are still open. James Herbert is going to bring you the Raptors perspective of this argument in about 20 minutes time. We're we're rolling through this on the show and this is how we're going to do this when I'm on Toronto today. Just one topic. Let's delve into it. Let's dig deep. No need to jump all over the place. Other radio hosts just do a series of interviews on things that you really don't give a crap about. I, I don't roll that way because I want to hear from you. You drive the show, Toronto. And today we're asking... Maple Leafs Raptors. I think there's a lot of hype, a lot of reason for excitement around both teams, but I feel like there's a move or two to make for both of these both of these clubs. Which team is just that one move, one acquisition away from being a true contender? Is it the Maple Leafs or is it the Raptors? 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. I'll get to your text at 1050-50. Your tweets at Wheeler TSN in a few moments' time. I'm not sure if Fitzy, Tristan Fitzpatrick, brought it up in the Sports Center update, but uh, Kevin Love looks like he signed a four-year, $120 million contract extension with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I thought he was gone. Um, I'm not sure what the Cavaliers are thinking. I guess they just want to keep hold of their asset. Understanding that every contract is movable in the NBA. Kevin Love would have been perfect for this Raptors team, wouldn't he? Like, a healthy Kevin Love. Stretch four. Someone that can rebound. Someone that can shoot. Hit an outside shot. But uh, Kevin Love staying in Cleveland, according to the Woj, uh, for at least the next five years, getting paid $145, $145 million in the process. Not bad, not bad at all. 416-870-1050. Let's go up to Vaughn, the city north of the city north of the city of Toronto. Uh, Robbie, welcome to the program. Uh, who do you want to see make a move more, the Maple Leafs or the Raptors? Hey, bud, I want uh, the Raptors to make one more move, um, and I think that they could actually then compete with the Warriors. I think Jimmy Butler in Toronto would be a nice fit, man. Him, Kawhi, OG, and uh, JV, yeah, I think, I think that's a beautiful uh, move. If Masai can pull something off like it. How do you pry Jimmy Butler out of Minnesota? Well, he's having problems in Minnesota. I think he wants uh, to to be traded, him and uh, he was calling out Carl uh, Anthony Towns, right, about his work ethic. So that's like some sort of like animosity amongst teammates. So it's either one and then Minnesota's going to side with Towns. So that means they got to trade Butler. If the, the, the Raptors give uh, maybe a Lowry, a Baca, a first-round pick, we, we could, there's, there's some way that Masai might be able to do it. Yeah, Jimmy Butler's going into the last year of his contract. He's a player option for 2019-2020. What's funny, Rob, is when the season ended and I was trying to figure out where the Raptors could make a big move, I looked to Minnesota because it's a team that finally made the playoffs, I believe, the first time in 13 years. And I just looked at Andrew Wiggins being the target, a player that's making a whole lo- He's making a boatload of money. And a player that people in Minnesota, um, he's not well, not universally like, let's put it that way, in that city. And he's believed to be a little bit of an underachiever, not willing to put in the work to really bring his talent to the forefront. So I always thought DeMar for 
an Andrew Wiggins local guy, always has big games here in Toronto. That, that there was some sense that made. Uh, it made some sort of sense to me in that kind of deal. I'm not sure if you're going to pry Jimmy Butler away. I just I think that these spats, and specifically in this case, is good to try to push, motivate Carl Anthony Towns, who has all the ability in the world, but uh, for whatever reason, it doesn't show itself all the time. So, Rob, I think you're going down the right path, but let's put it this way. Lowry, no one wants Serge Ibaka right now, right? So... You're getting pennies back on the dollar for any trade of Ibaka. I don't think anyone wants Wiggins either with his contract. Uh, he's underachieving, and they're they're now saying in the media it's a bad contract. So maybe an Ibaka for a Wiggins, and maybe a, a pick going uh, to Minnesota might land a Wiggins. But how 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 about uh, the Raptors maybe parting with Lowry because he's kind of going to be upset with the DeRozan thing. You can just see his attitude. He's always been like that. And I, I am scared of his work ethic and his loyalty now that DeMar's gone, to well, be honest with you. Yeah, thanks for your phone call, Rob. I want, I want to address that, and I addressed it last week uh, about Lowry. If he's going to be petulant about his friend being traded, then dude's priorities are all in the wrong place. I have no reason to believe he will be like that. Because uh, if you look at it, what's going to give you a better chance to win? It's having Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green on your team. He could still be friends. He could still be boys. I believe it's Josh Lewenberg brought up that Rudy Gay is like his best friend, and he was traded away from this team. So I think you just got to pull up your big boy pants and get out there and play some basketball. But do I think there's a potential that Kyle Lowry's traded? Sure. You have Fred Van Vliet. You have DeLon Wright. You have depth of point guards who bring something different to the table. Look, the Raptors are a better team with Lowry on it. But is he untouchable? I don't think so. 416-870-1050. Let's go up to Newmarket. Daniel, how are you doing this, well, I guess this afternoon now? How are you doing, pal? Gareth, loved you at the World Cup, man. You just woke up? I said I loved you at the World Cup. Oh, thanks, pal. Yeah, we had a blast. Uh, I can't believe it wrapped up just over a week ago. Seems like ages ago, right? It seems so far away now. Yeah, no kidding. And And a lot has happened since, too. Yeah, uh, with the Raptors, uh, honestly, I'm just excited. I just want to see Kawhi play, man. I think we're really going to be... DeMar was great, but when we see Kawhi play in Toronto, it's going to be something else. So I think they have a really good shot at the finals. But with the Leafs, I think the Jake Gardner thing, I'm not really singing the same tune. I'd be cautious before you move him out. I think he, he's just a really good puck-moving defenseman, and that's a lot of value in today's NHL. I think if you can find a trade for him, maybe before the season starts, because... His value is really is maybe high as it gets right now, but I'd like to see him add maybe a right shot defenseman, not not a big name, maybe a top four guy within the season because I don't think the value is going to be there in the off season. So maybe before the deadline. See, if, okay, I have no problem with puck moving defenseman, and that's a term, that's a label that's put on him. And yeah, he for me, Jake Gardner's a better skater than anything else, um, and I just look. At if there's there'll be teams that will want him. I think you're absolutely correct. But you just need to ask yourself, is he the best fit for this Maple Leafs right now? I'm not saying he doesn't have any talent. He doesn't have any ability. But he's not a very good defensive defenseman. He's a liability defensively on a team that desperately needs some defensemen who can actually defend. And I'm looking at him becoming a, pen, uh, a free agent after this year. Are you really going to... Risk not making sure that you don't bring anything back on that asset because I think the Maple Leafs should address 
other areas of their team, namely bringing in defensive defensemen in order to solidify this group rather than holding on to Gardner and potentially losing him for nothing. It's true. He's not a court piece. No. I just hate to see him go because he does have something that's really valuable, valued in today's NHL. But for me, it was a liability against the Boston Bruins, wasn't he? Or, or was I watching he wasn't a liability? But my whole thing is the situation he's in. Of course, everything he did, like yeah, it's, you, you blame it on him. But if he's on a team with defensemen around him that can actually play, Jake Gardner playing 15 minutes a night can really help you out. I, I get, you, I get that. But there's individual and personal accountability as well, and he simply wasn't good enough. So you got to look at that. Look, you can cruise through 82 games. I mean, the way that the NHL is played now in 82 games, it lacks the intensity that it once had five, ten years ago. It's not a night-to-night basis. It's not the grind that it used to be. But once you hit that extra gear come playoff time, I want guys that you can trust that you can go to battle with. And I'm not sure that you can with that guy. I'm really not. And I hate saying it. He's a good guy. He's likable in a lot of ways, but I don't like the way that he defends at all. Daniel? He hasn't shown it yet. Right on. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for your phone call. 416-870-1050. Let's go out to Caledonia. Larry, what's happening, buddy? Hey, how you doing? Awesome, dude. You? I'm doing great, but I I can't say that I agree with your opinion. That's fine. Go ahead. And in reference to Jake Gardner, Jake Gardner has been the star of many, many Leaf games, and you you want to lay on him you know, that he had a bad playoff. There's been a lot of guys that have had bad playoffs and have turned their careers around. And I think he has all the skill set with the right kind of coaching. I think he could, you know, really overcome the, the difficulties that he's had. And I think he is an excellent, has a lot of excellent potential. Potential? The guy's like 27 right now. No, twenty. He's he's, bringing up a young kid. He's twenty-eight years old now. Don't we know exactly what he is? Like this term potential always gets thrown around with Jake Garner. And look, you could be a regular season stud. I get it. This team now, Larry. Like that's not where the bar is. Play well in the regular season. It's who can get this team deep in the Stanley Cup playoffs to compete for a Stanley Cup. And I'm not hitching my wagon to that. I'm sorry. I've, I've, I've seen so many defensive deficiencies. And maybe I'm old school that way. I want defensemen who can defend. But I, I, I respect your point. It's all good. But I, I, I don't see eye to eye with you. It doesn't sound like you respect my point. Well, it didn't uh, sound like you respected the point of the previous caller. What is our point? Our point is the guy, the guy needs to change some of his game around for sure. As, as evidence in against Boston, but that was one series, and I just think you're you're placing way too much emphasis on that. I think the guy has a lot of good hockey left in him, and I'd hate to see the Leafs trade him. Well, he's been here since 2011, so I don't think I'm basing it on one playoff series. I know what this guy's all about, and I'm sorry if you're making the argument that this guy's a good, reliable defenseman. I- I'm simply not buying it. Thanks for the phone call, Larry. Let's go to Marco in Mississauga. Marco, what's happening? Hey, Gareth. How are you? Doing well, pal. You? Oh, after going back and forth with you over the soccer there for a month, it was uh, good times. Great times. Not just good, great. Uh, listen, to the, to the exact point, I think the question began with, 
between the Leafs and the Raps, which one with uh, a little tweak could could get to the final? You got it. it further. That's a question. And uh, I think that that's the case. I think in hockey, there's just too many good teams. Sam Bay Lightning are there. The Stanley Cup champions, Caps are there. Sid and Malkin are there. There's a whole pile of teams still in that East that in a get any given seven-game series, uh, I couldn't. I couldn't say across the board. Oh yeah, we, we we can easily beat those guys. I mean, it'd be a battle one way or the other in basketball. And this drove me nuts. I tried to call you last week when the when the deal came in, and you were kind of defending the Kawhi Leonard deal. And Toronto has this history of forgetting how their players play because they're nice guys or they've been here long. Demar Derozan was benched in the playoffs. Yep. No star player in my memory of watching any basketball ever was benched in the, in the playoffs until DeMar DeRozan. And for us to get Kawhi Leonard, that, and, and I know the whole one-year thing and all, it's a coup. It was, it was absurd. It was, it was the biggest deal. I, I mean, people that watch this guy play, or anyone that's seen him more than once, will, will know this is just it's, it's almost unfair. And if you get it for one year, I think the Raps are maybe one player, one guy in behind in that two, three, that could I, – I, I just don't see. If Kawhi's healthy and you add one player, then I think the only competition is Boston and Philadelphia. And with Kawhi, I think we beat them. I think but they're, I think they're close. The, we could get to the, the NBA Finals, I think, with one player more. And, and, and that's what I'm kind of getting at, Marco, because if you saw me last week, if you heard me, I was so excited about this deal because the Raptors went from a spot where it would have been insane entering the season with the same roster to a team with much more potential. And, and what I'm getting at here is I'm defining a contender. If you could put yourself in the final two or in that mix within your conference, you were a legit contender. Because once you get to the finals, all bets are off, okay? Like, in, in, in fairness, all bets are off because a lot of different stuff can go down and happen. And I think the Raptors are right. They're knocking on the door, and I'm with you. I think they're just that one deal away. I, I, I think they're just, just and, and I'm with you. I don't know if it's in the front court, whether it's the front court mix, providing some depth, maybe a proper two to play alongside Kawhi Leonard. Um, I, I think that they're just a tinker away from being that team that no one else is going to want to play against in the Eastern Conference. Exactly. Like right now, I have us. I have us at least top three in the East with Boston and Philly. They add one piece, and the best player in the East, if he's healthy, it's not even a question mark. It's Kawhi Leonard. I mean, that's that's how good this guy is. He is crazy good. So I'm thinking you add one piece, and I think it's a two-three in there, and I think that. I think then, then I think you jump up that thing and you say, yeah, you become exactly what you just said, a team that everyone else needs to go and, oh, i got to avoid them. Right. Like we used to say, we got to avoid Cleveland because LeBron's there. Exactly. Kawhi is the best player in the East, and it's not even close. And, that, and that's where I'm and I, I love how you brought that up. Thanks for the phone call, Marco. Are teams in the NHL saying, like, I don't want to play the Maple Leafs? I think you're saying, oh, crap, they're going to be difficult to deal with from an offensive perspective. But I don't know if there's a fear factor yet. Again, I think they're one or two more players away. With the Raptors, maybe that one player away. Other teams in the East, they should be worried. I'm with you on that, Marco. Slide in one more call. Let's go to Milton. Phil, what's going on, Phil? 
Hey, how you doing? I'm doing awesome today. You? Pretty good. Awesome. So I just wanted to comment on the question. So I think it definitely the Leafs are built more long term, kind of have a you know a greater window to compete. I think the Raptors, and I give credit to Masai Jerry for pushing all the chips in here. Um, I think feel like they went, or they are going for it this year. So I think the Raptors have to be the one to make that one more move and. Let's see what happens this year. What would you like to see them do, Phil? Well, I'm not a GM, so you know, <laughs> I have no idea. You know, I don't know. I don't like speculating on trades. I don't know what's available, but I think I love speculating on trades. I, I mean, that's one of the most fun things to do. But uh, yeah. just if there's an area of the team that you think that they could still improve, where would that be? I mean, obviously, three point shooting is a big part of the game now. Sure. So um, they seem to address a little bit of that. Um, but I think that's probably where you'd look. It's a good argument, Phil. Thanks for your phone call. They brought in two guys who can hit a three-point shot in Green and Leonard and got rid of two guys who couldn't in DeRozan and Pirtle. So it's a, it's a fair assessment, but you can never have enough three-point shooting. I still think something needs to give, like, is Ibaka going to play the five? And if he does, what does that mean for Valanchunas? So I think there's something to sort out in the front court as well. But the, the argument that Phil made about the window, yeah, the, the Maple Leafs window looks more open, but right now, it's right here in 2018-2019, Kyle Dubas has cap space for this year. Like, this year. And then once all the numbers, in terms of salary, starts going up for Matthews, for Marner, for Nylander, then things get a lot more tight. You could do things now that you won't be able to do in future years. That's why the time to win is now for both the Maple Leafs and the Raptors. So who's going to make that one move? We'll continue down this road uh, from a Raptors perspective. It's James Herbert. He's going to check in to the program next. Our good buddy, CBS Sports, uh, CBS Sports NBA writer, covers the Raptors, former Torontonian. He's going to check into the program next. I'm Wheels. You can still get at me at WheelerTSN. The text is 10-50-50, and this is Toronto Today right here on TSN 1050 in Toronto. 12-22, what's up Toronto? Wheeler with you. This is Toronto Today right here on TSN 1050. Scotty Mack coming up at 1 p.m. today. Continuing the debate, which team, Maple Leafs or Raptors, need to make that one more deal, that one more notable move to cement themselves as a true contender at Wheeler TSN. The text is 1050-50, and the email is live at tsn1050.ca. Got some other news and notes to pass along before the top of the clock as well, and cast your vote on tsn1050.ca for the latest uh, Sound Wars battle. So do all that between now and the top of the clock, and we'll be all good. Uh, We brought on James Myrtle in the previous hour. To kind of paint the picture of the Maple Leafs' perspective in this. Do they need to make another deal to be considered a true contender? How close are they? So let's flip the switch and really take a good look at the Raptors' side of things and where things stand after last week's Kawhi Leonard deal. It's our good buddy James Herbert, CBS Sports, NBA writer at Outside the NBA, and he checks in to Toronto today. What's going on, James? How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. Awesome. Uh, it's great to have you. How close are the Raptors right now to being a contender? Probably de- depends how you define contender, right? Okay, I mean, let me, let me right cut now. you off. Let me cut you off there, James. I'm okay. defining a contender, a top two team in your respective conference. 
Oh, then they're there. I mean, they have the best player in the conference if Kawhi Leonard is himself and healthy, right? I, I think most people right now have them sort of neck and neck uh, in Boston. I think the perspective outside of Toronto, most people kind of have Boston number one inside of Toronto. There might be more confidence that they're number one. I, they're, they're sort of 1A and 1B to me. I, I'd put the Raptors ahead of the Sixers um, based on the Sixers having kind of an uninspiring summer. You look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, I don't know who, who else you want to get excited about. Maybe uh, the Milwaukee Bucks with, with uh, Mike Budenholzer coming in and coaching Giannis uh, can, can lead that team to take a leap. But I think pretty clearly right now, uh, when you're talking about final contenders in the East, you're, you're talking about the, the Raptors and the Celtics, and then there's kind of the Sixers are on the bubble, and then it's everybody else. Okay, so the Raptors... If Kawhi's healthy, and we all presume he will be, well, at yeah. least I think we should, if he's at USA Basketball Camp this week, then let the good times roll. But there's <laughs> always fine-tuning, uh, making sure you have the right balance, you're ticking all the boxes with your roster. Do the Raptors come up short in any area when you look at the team right now as composed? I, I almost like I sort of want to withhold judging them too much until I see them play but on paper. Uh, they're a really well-rounded, really deep, really balanced team, I think. Uh, even They were last year, too, but the, the defense obviously fell off a cliff in the playoffs, and I think they're much better constructed on that end going into the season. It's not just that they added one of the best defenders in the history of the game in Kawhi Leonard. It's that uh, Danny Green gives them even more versatility on that end. Maybe uh, losing DeMar DeRozan is a little bit of addition by subtraction defensively and offensively. Obviously, Kawhi could do everything that DeMar can do, plus he can space the floor. So uh, I, I don't think there's any areas of like huge weakness on this team. I think we still have to see uh, exactly how they'll look different with this new roster and with Nick Nurse in charge. Uh, I would say if there's any sort of area that I would imagine might be sort of changed in a trade or if they want to clear up any log damage, they still have Jonas Valanciunas and Serge Ibaka, these yes. two guys who are both best playing five That from the day that Ibaka was acquired, we were talking about, oh, maybe Jonas's days are numbered in Toronto, and they're still here sharing the front court. I don't know how many minutes Nurse is going to want to play a traditional two-big lineup with this team, but as presently constructed, even with Pirtle out the door, uh, you have to assume it'll be a significant amount of time every game. Right. So how best to resolve that front court situation? That's kind of what I'm looking at right now, because yeah. you're right. If you want Ibaka playing more of the five, and you hope that he plays better than he did at the end of last year, then what does that mean for JV or vice versa? Like, Does something need to give, or could one of those players be best served coming off the bench? I mean, I think for the good of the team, it might be best to have one of them coming off the bench most nights uh, unless you're going up against a team where you want to match up with them, where they have some big bruising center in the middle. But there aren't that many of those anymore. And I, I think the one thing, like, we don't know that Nick Nurse is going to be married to one starting lineup every night. Like, he could change it up based on who the matchups are. We already know he's a creative guy. He's going to experiment. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the tough part about it is, like, I don't know if you're asking me who should come off the bench. I, I'm not sure which one it should be. I mean, Jonas Valanciunas made a lot of strides. Uh, he did. Last season, he started shooting more threes. He, he, you saw him take um, big strides as a passer, even as a ball handler. Like You saw him driving from the top of the key straight to the basket, and then the new Raptors offense, you saw Serge Ibaka do some of the same stuff. Um, but it's just it, it's hard to evaluate exactly um, how these guys are going to perform next year. Serge Ibaka, at times over the course of his Raptors career, 
has looked great. I mean, he saved them a couple of years ago in that Milwaukee series. Like he he was really big. And last year's playoffs, I don't know what happened. Uh, he didn't know what happened. He didn't know how to explain uh, how poorly he played. And uh, is that aging? Is that his game declining? Or is it just uh, inconsistency in a bad few weeks there? I don't know. I feel like Ibaka still has the higher ceiling uh, as a guy that can really protect the rim super well and can stretch the floor to the three-point line. Uh, but, I mean, you really have to respect the strides that Valanciunas made in his game last year. Plus, he's younger. James Herbert joining us here on Toronto Today. I'm Wheels at Outside the NBA. I, I have no problem saying I prefer JV. I mean, he's shown that he's willing to at least try to adapt, to evolve. He started hitting random three-point shots. He's a guy that can provide a shot-blocking presence, not just the help-defending type shot-blocking presence that Serge Ibaka does. Uh, JV hits free throws at the end of games. I just think that overall, he was more of an asset to this team, and Ibaka oftentimes became invisible, and became a liability. The problem is, I don't think you can get out from Ibaka's contract anyway. So I think that you're almost more kind of saddled with Ibaka right now, and you hold your breath, you keep your fingers crossed, and hope that Serge Ibaka from yesteryear somehow, someway shows up. Yeah, that that might be the way to go. I mean, the the ideal version of Ibaka, a guy that can switch on to smaller players, uh, in in a scheme where, like, I mean, the Raptors can play these lineups now, uh, where you, you have the the smallest player on the floor being the six five Delon Wright, and the tallest could be Pascal Siakam at the five. But you can also use Ibaka at the five, and you can have every single player on the court switching. You can play that really modern style of basketball that a lot of a lot of teams are trying to do, but not every team has the personnel for. I don't know that JV can do that. But the thing is with Serge, you just you haven't necessarily known what you're going to get. Uh, from night to night. So, I mean, from the Raptors' perspective, you're right. Like, it might just be they hope he has a really good summer. They hope he comes in and has a really good training camp, is excited to play uh, with these new players, his new coach, and he has um, a sort of a bounce-back season. But uh, I totally get where you're coming from with JV. He's not quite as versatile, uh, but maybe he's more consistent and reliable. A, a couple other directions I want to go with this, James. It's quite clear that Masai Ujiri in this organization, it's not just about winning anymore, and I mean a, a playoff series or regular season games. It's about the pursuit of a championship. And that's why I don't. I think everything's on the table with this group. Could there be another bigger picture play that no one's expecting that this team could maybe kind of try to pull off in order to make this already very impressive team even that much better? I think Masai Ujiri will be open to absolutely everything. Yeah. And I think you, you've already seen that. I think that's the statement that he made with the trade that he just made and in the comments that he made afterward, right? Like, he, I think, like a lot of people who have been following this team for a long time, was disillusioned uh, with this roster after what happened against the Cavs in the playoffs. I, I personally, I fully bought in again um, to what the Raptors did with their 59-win regular season with the the revamped offense with the more switching on defense. I thought this was the time. The Cavs looked super vulnerable. They weren't a very good team. Um, and then they got swept. And I think that was not what the Raptors organization was expecting. That was not what Masai Ujiri, Ujiri was expecting. And you saw with the Kawhi Leonard trade that the standards are higher. He's trying to raise the bar. He's saying that is not good enough. They can't just keep sort of trying to break through this wall and failing. So, um there was there was obviously um, you've been talking about it probably um, for the last week the sentimentality attached to Demar Derozan the very mixed reaction 
to the trade, but I think Masai has shown that he's not going to be sentimental about that group whatsoever. So if there's a trade that makes sense for JB, if there's a trade that makes sense for Serge Ibaka, hell, if there's a trade that makes sense for Kyle Lowry that we're not talking about, that comes out of nowhere that he thinks is going to set the Raptors up for a better future, then I think he does it. Right. Um, on, on top of that, the other player that I have some question marks about was C.J. Miles. Uh, had problems last year, mostly off the court, had a dental problem, uh, welcomed in a new child to the world. There was a lot of outside distractions, dealt with some little injuries as well, and his yeah. overall performance was inconsistent. Is there more from CJ? I mean, I look at him and Danny Miles, both 31 years of age. Both are supposed to give you that three-point threat, and on paper, mm-hmm. if both of them are ticking over, then you're good. But Danny Green's also coming off a down year as well. So those are two players with potential. You think that they're going to help, but they're not a slam dunk, neither one of them right now. Yeah, I think you asked CJ, he will tell you that, that he thinks he could be better than he was last year. He just had a recent tweet the other day saying exactly what you just said about off-court issues that people don't know about uh, that, that affected his season. So, yeah, I, I think, look, th- these these guys have historically been two of the best sort of 3 and D players in basketball. I think Danny Green's uh, shooting has dropped off a little bit over the past few years, but you still have to respect him when he's out there, and he's still one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. He can guard three positions. C.J. Miles, not quite the defender, that Danny Green is, but you have to guard him out to like 30 feet. Like, that's the one thing that I think C.J. Miles did bring to the Raptors last year is he really helped their spacing. They would play him in some lineups with a second unit where there weren't really a lot of other three-point threats on the court, but just his presence opened it up for other guys to run pick and roll and actually have some space to work with. So I don't think he was all that bad last year. Probably a little bit disappointing on defense, but offensively, um, he still, you know, he doesn't even need to have the ball. Uh, to have an effect on the game. So I, I think when you play those two guys together, that adds a whole different element where the spacing will just be much better than we've seen, honestly, over the past few years with the Raptors because you've spent so many minutes with DeMar DeRozan on the court, often sharing the floor with Valanciunas, maybe sharing the floor with an additional big man, and the, the court just gets gummed up. And I think sure. they made some progress uh, in working with that and fixing that last season with a new offense. But I think all year long, even when we were talking about the offense, we were saying, I don't really have the ideal personnel for this. Now, I think they're much closer to that. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so, if I was to put a gun to your head, which I won't, I would never do that, James. Do you think that the <laughs> Raptors go out and make another move? At least a notable move? Uh, I, I wouldn't rule it out, but I'm not expecting it either. I think they're, they're probably uh, pretty content with what the roster looks like right now heading into the season. Right. Uh, if something else comes up then sure, I think Masai will, will be opportunistic. But um, as of now, I think I, I'd more expect um, sort of tweaks to be made, minor ones. Maybe you see a bigger move when you're approaching the trade deadline and the Raptors are really looking to establish themselves, looking to gain an edge over the Bostons and Phillies of the world. Um, but as of right now, I mean, I, I think the roster will pretty much look like it does when we had it to train. Yeah, I, I think they have like a $5.3 million exemption, exemption but I, I, I'm, I'm not completely up on that sort of thing. But I know there is some flexibility to do something. I just wonder how anxious they will be because I think this seems close, James. I think they're knocking right on the door. It's already going to be compelling, and I think if they make that one more move, then boy, oh boy, they're going to be a team that no one's going to want to play against in the Eastern Conference, if they're not already. Yeah, I mean, this is the best roster they've ever had, and, and we've right. said that for a couple of years running now, but like, yes. this truly is the first time. Like They're going to head into 
uh, their first round playoff series, and they're going to be like, oh, we have the best player on the court. They're going to head into the second round playoff series. They're going to say, oh, we have the best player on the court. They haven't been able to say that in years past. That is what Kawhi Leonard does to this franchise. That's how he transforms this team. Now, this is all assuming that he's healthy and he's back to himself, and we don't quite know that yet, but if we assume that they get the Kawhi Leonard from two years ago, then yeah, I mean, this is a special time for the organization. They can still tweak things. They have like three high-quality point guards on the roster. That's a little weird. They have two traditional bigs in the starting lineup. That's a little weird, but I think they are constructed really well. They were a 59-win team last year, and I think they're pretty clearly improved. Awesome stuff. Great perspective, James. Great to catch up. Thanks for doing this, pal. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. James Herbert, CBS Sports NBA writer at Outside the NBA, breaking down the Raptors and their the new-look squad after the blockbuster deal that was made last weekend. Like, like look, there's, there's a lot of players still out there in free agency. Clint Capella hasn't signed, as far as I know. I mean, he's not coming to Toronto. He's going to get somewhere close to a max deal. Uh, Jamal Crawford. Um, Jaleel Okafor, Rodney Hood. I'm not suggesting any of these guys are an ideal fit for the Raptors, but there still are free agents out there. Apparently, Dwayne Wade was offered a three-year contract in China that he's mulling over. Um, Some dude named Vince Carter still out there. Some dude named Joe Johnson still out there. So you can go plug the holes with serviceable players um, depending on where your need is. And if you end up making another trade, then that perhaps opens up another player in a different area. Corey Brewer's out there. A lot of different players that can patch holes at the end of your bench. We'll see what, if any, other moves are made by this Toronto Raptors team, but I do think they are that close. Um, One more intriguing move, depth move, move to just patch a hole, provide a little bit more balance. They are right there. Uh, Good news on both fronts for the Maple Leafs and the Raptors, but I still think some tinkering remains to be done. Uh, what say you on that? The text is 1050.50, the email live at tsn1050.ca, and at Wheeler TSN. I'll share some of your te- uh, tweets. Teets. What are teets? Um, tweets and emails and texts. That's still to come. And some other news and notes as well before we end things off to Scott MacArthur and the Scott MacArthur Show. You're listening to Toronto Today on TSN 1050. The faster we're falling, we're stopping. I seriously saw this guy at the radio edge show on Friday night. Derek Wibley. Didn't look great. Honestly, I was I was a little bit worried about him. He's been through a lot. I know he's yeah. been through a lot, but man. Hope he enjoyed the show. Let's put it that way. A little sub-41. Wow. All right. Gareth Wheeler with you. Final segment of this fine program. Thanks for all your texts and tweets and emails over the course of the show. Um, this just in. Josh Lundberg, a Raptors beat reporter, down at Humber College's Pascal Siakam and the Raptors have a basketball clinic going on. And Pascal Siakam on Kawhi Leonard joining the Raps. Quote, If he comes back healthy, I think he's going to be a great piece for us. He was a great player when he was playing. We're just excited. A lot of lineup combinations, guys that can do different things. I think it's going to be a fun year. No no kidding. I'm pumped. You're pumped. We're all excited. Uh, And you've been tweeting and texting in all morning. The the poll question is, as such, um, and, and we're comparing the Raptors and the Leafs here. 
Who needs to make another notable trade or signing more than the other to cement contender status? 58% believe it's the Raptors. 42% say the Maple Leafs. So that either means that you either think that the Maple Leafs are already there or that one move won't be suffice. We'll get into that a little bit later on this week. Uh, The conversation kind of dissolved at times into a referendum on Jake Gardner. I don't even know how much is there. I'm surprised when so many people come out and defend him, to be honest. I think he's a sweetheart. I don't think he's a horrible player. I just, I think we've seen enough. We know what he's all about. And I think that's fair. Let's go through some of the texts that have come in. Um, hey, Wheels, longtime fan, great show, love the topic. I expect the Leafs to make a move to bolster the right side of the D. Maybe the real move they need to make is putting Dermott to the right side unless they can flip Gardner for a right-handed D, uh, which could be tough. Thanks for that. Thanks for the kind comments. Josh from Toronto, hope your health is going well. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Um, he agrees with me, Josh, that is. I have this argument with my with my buddy all the time. Gardner would be a great third-line winger. He's absolutely horrible defensively, and we just need stable, reliable defense uh, defensemen on the team. We have more than enough offense, especially even more sound with JT coming home. It's just... It's just wrong to think that Gardner's going to grow. Seven years of the same. We know what he's all about. Good riddance. Uh, thanks for that, Josh. Um, someone else. One more move for the, the that could put the lease over the top. Gardner for Tyler Myers straight up. Both 28. Both unrestricted. After this year, uh, Myers is right-handed as are Truba and Bufflin. So I love throwing. Some people are against trade ideas. Just, just throw them out there. It's part of being a fan. It's kind of part of what it's all about. You try to figure out better ways to patch holes, make your team better. Um, and I just think that right now it's time to move Jake Gardner on. Uh, Scotty, obviously it wouldn't hurt that. A solid piece on the back end. But look at some of the most recent teams to win the Cup. It's not impossible to make a deep run with what they have. They are so deep up front that they can probably score themselves out of trouble on most nights. Scott from Brantford. So you have a real problem with that idea because we saw what happened in the playoffs where Frederick Anderson has a solid year, sees more puck than any other NHL goaltender, then come playoff time after not doing it all season long, um, seven goals the Maple Leafs give up in two games in a best-of-seven series. When the going gets tough, you need players that can put up some kind of resistance to make your goaltender's life easy. Only three teams gave up more shots per night than the Maple Leafs on the season, and none of those teams made the playoffs. So I think you're asking far too much from your goaltender uh, in Anderson. And if he dips, just say he ends up, you know, the clock strikes, strikes midnight, he turns into a pumpkin. Is, is your team starting to look a lot like the Dallas Stars? Is it like Ben Sagan, some really good offensive talent in that team? But if you can't defend and you don't have requisite goaltending, then you are in trouble. And that's where I get a little bit nervous. Not a lot bit nervous because I think this Maple Leafs team is good enough to run through the regular season and do some damage. But in the same division and with this ridiculous playoff structure, you got to be better across the board than the Lightning and the Bruins. And when you look at those teams and their back ends, I mean, you can't compare Riley Gardner, Zaitsev, Hainsey with the likes of what the Tampa Bay Lightning have. Hedman, McDonough, Sergeyev, Strollman. Like, I just, 
I, I just look at that. It's like, are, are we? What are we comparing here? And the Lightning on top of that have great offensive talent: Kucherov, Stamkos, Point, Palat, Miller, Johnson. Like they're loaded as well. Vasilevsky, Anderson. Who would you rather have? And I'm sorry when you look at within your own division and you're staring down a team like Tampa Bay by adding just Tavares or the Maple Leafs better. I don't know. I, I don't know if you can make that argument. Even on the back end, Krug, McAvoy, Chara, Moore, Carlo, Miller. The Bruins have better defensive defensemen than the Maple Leafs have to go with Marchand, Pasternak, Bergeron, Krejci. You get the drill. DeBrus, some Donato, some of the young talent there. So that's who you're comparing yourselves against. Look, I'm not saying don't be excited about this Maple Leafs team. There is so much to like, but I feel like... you. A team that's built to win now, and let's be honest, this team is built to win right now. There is room for clear and apparent improvement on the back end. Until they do so, um, it's very difficult for me to be able to say that they are an out-and-out contender. Let's just put it that way. Um, Back to the tweets. Uh, Mike hit me up. If Kawhi is Kawhi, then the Raptors will have an amazing chance. That's a big if right now, though. I think that this week could be um, enlightening to a certain degree with the USA basketball camp that's about to take place in Vegas. If Kawhi is there, if he looks healthy, of course you're not going to really know till the regular season how that quad injury will need to be managed. But if he's out at USA basketball this week, that will tell me that the Raptors and the player and his own medical advisors are confident enough to have him back on the court. And then maybe we can start piecing together a little bit more whether Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs had more to do with injuries or more to do with a lack of trust. And that should reveal itself in due time. Uh, Other people in me, I, I can't share anyone that's um, where there's obscene language, so I'm going to skip some. Dan hit me up. Uh, amen, brother. Defenseman that can defend. That's what I've been preaching all show, by the way. Uh, Dan saying it's such a foreign concept. Just keep it simple and reap the benefits. Thanks for that, Dan. Uh, Michael says it's got to be the Maple Leafs for sure. The Raptors have uncertainties, whereas the Leafs have deep talent that are also healthy. And they're not facing a team like the Warriors year after year to win a championship. But just kind of documented it. Tampa, Boston, within your same division, that's tough. Claudio, Raptors by a mile. The current Leafs roster can win the Cup. Uh, The current Raptors roster likely has no chance. Ironically, the Raptors probably have a better chance at making the finals than the Leafs do. So it depends on how contender is defined. I'm, I'm, I'm still saying contender is defined by being a final two team in your conference. Because if you can get to an NBA final, you can get to an NHL final, injuries, war of attrition takes over, and you put yourself right in the mix. Like, that's all you can ask. Make sure that you have one of the top two teams, put yourself in a position to be in your own conference final, and that, for me, you're putting yourself in the ballpark of being a contender. Thanks for all your responses today. Uh, They were great. The phone calls are passionate. Look, we don't have to agree. We can be on different pages, but I can still respect where your position is coming from. So thank you for all those calls today. Uh, A couple other news and notes. 
that I wanted to address on this program today. Did you see what happened with Gary Sanchez last night in New York? It was the Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Yankees are trying to chase down the Boston Red Sox. They're about six games back right now uh, in the AL East, but that could have been a little bit tighter if the Yankees didn't fall last night to the Tampa Bay Rays. Bases loaded two out. Well, there's bases loaded and there's one out for the Yankees, and they're down 7-6. Gary Sanchez comes to the plate and absolutely dogged it. Here's how things sounded in the ninth inning of last night's ballgame. That ball got away from Sanchez. It looked like he got uh, crossed up. Somebody's better cover home. Here comes Bowers to throw to the plate, and he scores. It's one nothing Rays, and somebody took their time getting after that ball. And it looked like Sanchez got crossed up initially, and Bowers rounded third when Sanchez took his time going after the ball. But aggressive base running by Bowers, able to come up with the first run, a play that should never happen. Sanchez hits one to short. Second baseman flips to the shortstop with Davis. He's safe to throw the first. Is in time. And the ball game is over. Sanchez hit a rocket that the second baseman Robertson fielded. Flipped to Adamas for the force. That was not in time. But a heads up Adamas threw on the first base and got the out. That Sanchez getting down the line obviously doesn't run well and they get him by plenty. Well, it's not that he doesn't run well. It's that he didn't run at all. He was slow coming out of the box. Thought it was an easy ground ball. The Rays tried to flip it to second base, try the force out. That wasn't on. So if Gary Sanchez was up for it, running out of the chute to begin with, he would have been safe at first base, and the Yankees would have had that tying run in that ball game. Dogging it in baseball. Is there ever, ever an excuse for that? Like, you tolerate the guy hitting 170 before not running out of the blocks? Are you kidding me right now? It was just a despicable play and something that in baseball, I don't know if there's a bigger cardinal rule to break than than dogging it. Um, Just unacceptable. And it's funny how the Yankees are throwing shade now at Gary Sanchez. Aaron Boone came out last night, wouldn't call out. Gary Sanchez, even though it was playing for the world to see. But then they give some hustle and heart award today to Austin Romine, the backup catcher for the team. So they know where it's at. Like, what is requisite punishment? Is it benching? Is it public shaming? But throwing the shade, Austin Romine, heart and hustle award? Uh, that's something else right there. Uh, I mentioned Pascal Siakam from earlier today at Humber College. Speaking with Josh Lewinberg and some other assembled reporters, here's what he had to say about DeMar DeRozan no longer with the Raptors. With DeMar, obviously, what he's done for the city and, and you know, for Toronto, you know, um, for Canada, and, you know, it's just a little sad to see him go. But, you know, we wish him the best. You know, he's going to, to, to a really good organization. And, you know, we just wish him, you know, continued success. And that's it. We all wish him continued success. Hopefully we can all move on from this. And finally, Alfonso Davies of the Vancouver Whitecaps, 17-year-old Canadian soccer player. Uh, Christian Jack of TSN can confirm that he's being transferred to Bayern Munich, a massive club. 13 million euros with add-ons. Could make the entire package worth a record $20 million. Wow. He'll remain with the Whitecaps for the rest of the season. TFC Soccer coming your way tomorrow night against Ottawa down at BMO Field. Thanks to Joe Narcissus, Steve Eliopoulos, Fitzy as well. Scotty Mack shows up next. Enjoy the rest of your day, Toronto.